Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With the speed of light, a clod of dust, and a hearty Ohio Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. One Silver, let's go, big fellow. I Silver. Jack Bonner was a likable, energetic rancher whose friendliness and progressiveness had endeared him to most of the settlers in the territory surrounding Fife City. Jack and his 20-year-old son, Bob, both believed that an idea called for immediate action. And though the Bonners were considered well-to-do, both men plunged wholeheartedly into any work that was to be done. Jack's wife, Rosalie, whose delicate beauty and strong adaptability to circumstances were secretly his greatest pride had envisioned a ranch house and outbuildings of polished logs. Jack and Bob set to with a workman to make her dream come true so that the Bonner spread became known as the Log Ranch. Jack Bonner thrived on speed and action. And as he and his wife rode in the buckboard one morning toward Fife City, he raced the team as though life itself was at stake. Finally, Rosalie spoke nervously. Please, Jack, don't go so fast. You frighten me half to death. Oh, now, Rosalie, stop worrying. We've got a good, strong buckboard, fine team pulling it. Nothing's going to happen. 
No use wasting time getting to town. After we get there, you'll probably have to sit and wait for Banker Wells to see you. Please slow them down. All right, make you feel better. Oh, easy there. Easy. Oh. Oh, there. That's much better. Now I can breathe again. Jack, why do you suppose Wells wants to talk to you? Don't know. Been wondering myself, Rosalie. Of course, when I bought up that timberland along the river beyond our spread, I put everything we had into it and borrowed 20000 from the bank to boot. I know. Note comes due in about 30 days. The Wells promised I could renew it if I just paid the interest. But suppose Wells didn't renew that note. Oh, don't, don't get ideas like that in your head. I know Wells is a friend of mine. With all the holdings we have, he knows he doesn't have to worry. Of course, if he didn't renew it, I'd be in a pickle right now. What do you mean? Well, I don't bother you too much with finances, honey, but you might as well know the Log Ranch hasn't done so well the past year. It's about broke even. If something happened that Wells did call in a note, I'd stand to lose all that timberland, along with everything I put into it. No, that won't happen, though. So you stop worrying. Get up there. Get up. <laughs> oh, dear. I guess I might as well just hang on and bear it until we get to Fife City. When they arrived in town, Rosalie went shopping, while Jack Bonner went to the bank and entered the private office of Banker Wells. Jack Bonner, I'm glad to see you. Uh, come sit down. Thank you, thank you. Well, how's Rosalie and Bob? Both well, I hope? Yep. Well, come on, come on, Rufus, let's get to the point, huh? Now, Jack, take your time and let me explain this in my own way. All right, go ahead, I'm listening. The bank's had a bad year, Jack. A very bad year. A certain party, one of our biggest depositors, has agreed to buy your note. The fact is, he insists on it, saying if I don't sell it to him, he'll take his money out of this bank. What? Now, Rufus, I never break a promise. I didn't think you ever would. Now, now wait a minute, Jack. No use getting upset about this. I'm sure Mr. Monroe would be reasonable about things. Uh, you mean Jasper Monroe of the Monroe Lumber Company? Yes. Yes, that's the one. But look here, Rufus, you can't do this to me. Don't you see why Monroe wants that note? He wants that timberland of mine. There must be some way you can stall him off about taking over the note. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Jack, but... Uh, but what? Well, I... That is... There was nothing else I could do. I've... I've already sold him the note. You, I see. Now, see here, Jack. Don't get angry at me. Forget folks. it, Rufus. You and I don't do business the same way, that's all. Well... Mr. Monroe is over in the log cabin cafe right now. If you want to talk to him about it, Jack. You know how much good that'll do. I'll go talk to him anyway. So long, Rufus. Uh, listen, Jack, I hope this won't come between us as friends. So long. A few minutes later, Jack Bonner entered the log cabin cafe. Hello, Jack. Howdy, Doctor. All right. Hello, Ed. Hey, howdy, Mr. Bonner. Looking for somebody? Yes, I'm looking for Mr. Monroe, the hombre who owns the lumber company up along the river. Uh, that's him sitting over there at the corner table. Oh, thanks. Uh, bring over a couple of drinks. Sure will, Mr. Bonner. Hello, Tony. Hi, Mr. Bonner. Morning, I see you. Good morning, sir. I understand you're Jasper Monroe. That's right. I'm Jack Bonner on the Long Ranch. I know. Sit down, Bonner. Thank you. Thank you. I suppose you've just come from the bank. That's right, I have. Rufus Wells told me that you bought up my note for 20000 Yes, yes, I did. 
Did you come in to take it up now, or do you want to wait out the full 30 days, Bonner? Uh, here's the drink, sir. Oh, thanks. I just put them down there. Uh, there you are, sir. Have a drink, Monroe. Thank you. Evidently, you didn't quite hear what I said, Bonner. Sure, I didn't miss a word. But you know as well as I do that I intend to renew that note. And I can't take it up now or in 30 days. You can't? Hey, now that's too bad. I'd see you lose that fine timberland. Oh, you do? In other words, you intend to present the note for payment in 30 days. Is that it? I'm afraid that's it. Of course, if you can't pay, that timberland will belong to my company. Want another drink? No, thanks. You're leaving so soon? I was just beginning to enjoy your company. We'll meet again, Monroe, when I come to pay off that note. Goodbye. That's big talk with nothing to back it up. I'll be waiting for the payments. Remember, in 30 days. <laughs> Goodbye to you, too. Seething with frustration and anger, Jack Bonner met his wife and started the return trip to the log ranch in the buckboard. You're angry, Jack. What happened? Oh, well, sold my notes to Jasper Monroe of the lumber company. Monroe demands payment when due. Jack, well, what are we going to do? I don't know, honey. I don't know where to raise that amount of money in 30 days. To think Wells would do that to me. And that conniving Monroe knew I wouldn't be able to pay. Get up there, get up. Jack, please. I'll show them somehow. Come on there. Jack, slow down. Look out, that big rock on the trail. Jack! My head. Rosalie. Rosalie, are you all right? I, I guess so. I, I'm all bruised all over. Uh, Jack. Jack, look. A, a masked man and an Indian. My gun. It dropped someplace. Are you all right? We heard the crash and came to help. Hell, but you're outlaws. Believe me, we're not outlaws. Only outlaws go around wearing masks. Forget the mask. Aren't you Jack Bonner from the log ranch? Oh, yeah, that's right. How'd you know? Well, you're quite well known around here. Oh, this is my wife, Rosalie. How do you do? I'm glad to meet you, Mrs. Bonner. You're going along pretty recklessly with that buckboard, weren't you? Well, I'm considered to be an extra good driver. Never had an accident before. It's always the first time. Hello, round up the team, and we'll see if we can patch up the broken wheel. Ah, uh, get team. Get him up, come. Mighty nice of you to help us. Jack wouldn't have been so reckless if he hadn't been upset about something. I see. It's enough to make anyone upset. I've got $30,000 of my own tied up in that tract of timber along the river. And now I'll lose it all to Jasper Monroe. Oh, things will work out somehow, dear. I'm sure of it. I don't see how. Frankly, I'm, I'm stumped. Guess I'm not used to having friends double-cross me like Rufus Wells did by selling that note. I gather Monroe bought up a note from Banker Wells that belonged to you. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, for $20,000. Due in 30 days. Oh. I don't see any way of raising the money to pay either. Monroe will move in and take over that timber land. Things are mighty tight at the log ranch right now. Even had to cut down on my ranch hands for a while. I see. You say you still have 30 days to meet that note? Yeah, but it might as well be due tomorrow for all I can do about it. Mm. There must be a lot of valuable timber on that land, or Monroe wouldn't be willing to pay so much to take it over. Yeah, that's right, mister, there is. And the mill down in Lancaster is just begging to buy good timber. The mill is located on the river at Lancaster, isn't it? That's right. 
And why not get it to them? It'd be floated from the place where it's cut all the way down to the mill. Oh, Jack, if only you could. Uh, it'd take a lot of men working day and night to cut enough of that timber to get me 20000 I couldn't afford to hire even a few right now. Suppose you had plenty of men. Would you try it? Sure I would, mister. You're very popular with these settlers around here, Bonnie. Maybe there might be a way to get the men without pay right now. Worth a try, anyhow. But I couldn't ask folks... You won't have to. You make the arrangement for starting the work. I think I can promise you the men you need by tomorrow. After fixing the buckboard for the Bonners, the Lone Ranger and Tonto returned to their camp in the nearby hills. There, the Lone Ranger removed his mask and disguised himself as a rancher. Then, taking separate trails, he and Tonto set out to get help for Jack Bonner. What are you looking for, mister? The owner of this ranch. I own it. Well, Jack Bonner's in trouble. What? He needs all the men he can get to cut timber. Otherwise, a lumber company will take over his land. He uh, can't pay now, but he will later. Can you bring your men? Sure, I'll have them all there in the morning. Fine. One there. Even Ed, owner of the Log Cabin Cafe, did his part. Now listen, you hombres. Jack Bonner needs all the men he can get to cut timber along the river. I'm closing this cafe daytime so me and my boys can help. How about the rest of you? All right. That evening, one of his men entered Jasper Monroe's office at the lumber company. Hey, boss. I just heard something in town. Well, what is it? Nearly every armory in and around Fife City is fixing to help Jack Bonner cut and float timber. What? He'll have enough to pay off that note when it comes due. Are you sure about that? Yeah, boss. Hmm. Well, that's what he plans, huh? (laughs) Well, I know how I can fix that. Tell all the men I'm going to have some special work for them to do starting tomorrow. Jack Bonner don't know it yet, but he won't get any of those logs to the mill. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue our story. Thanks to the efforts of the Lone Ranger and Tonto, more than enough men appeared at Bonner's Timberland. For a week, the work of cutting and felling the trees went on. Timber! 
There goes another one. At this rate, it won't take us more than two or three weeks to get enough cuts. That's right, Mr. Bonner. The men are out to see you win over Monroe. A stranger who rounded us all up for you is sure working like a mule. We'll soon have enough logs to start floating. Yeah, that's right. Let's get back to work. All right, The following morning, Jack Bonner was at the ranch house having some breakfast when his son, Bob, who had been helping cut timber, came in. Hey, Dan, something's happened. What's, what's the matter? Uh, did someone get hurt, Bob? No, but we noticed that the water in the river was going down. What? This morning it's down so low it won't float the logs. What's that? Well, how could I... I rode upstream to where our track of land joins Monroe's. He had his men build a big dam. Oh, Jack, I knew he'd try to stop you. Well, I'm not stopped yet. Come on, son, I'm going out there and talk to the man. At the dam, Mr. Monroe rode up to inspect the work of his men. Oh, 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 there, boy. Hey, you, come here. What is it, boss? Something wrong with the job? You build a good, strong dam, all right. But of all the lunkheads I've ever met, you're the biggest. Why do you say that? I told you to put that dam upstream on our land, didn't I? Sure. Bonner's land ends at the south edge of the trail there. Right. But our land doesn't begin for 12 feet beyond his boundary to allow for the public road. Holy smoke. What are we going to do now that it's up? Well, keep your mouth shut. Nobody will be smart enough to find out about it. Keep men on guard here all the time. I sure will, boss. Get up there. Come on. Get up. Meantime, the Lone Ranger, who was still disguised as a rancher, had noticed the dropping of the water in the river. He and Tonto had ridden up to the boundary of Bonner's Timberland. As they approached the dam, they rode into an arroyo, which allowed them to get close enough to see and hear without attracting attention. Oh, Silver. Oh, oh, easy. Big foot. Easy. Walk over a ways, Toto. Mm, that dam there, Bonner can't possibly succeed. That's right, Kimasabi. Them half-men garden dam looks like. Yes. Monroe probably expects Bonner to make trouble. I wonder if... There comes Monroe now, riding with the sheriff and the deputy. Keep down, Toto. <laughs> Well, men, you seen anyone snooping around here? Uh, yeah, Mr. Monroe. Young Bonner come up here, took a look at the dam, then went riding off lickety-split to spread the news. I forgot to tell you before. I want you to understand, Mr. Monroe, that I don't approve of this here dam you built at all. But if it's on your property, as you say, then it's my duty to see it's protected. It's on my company's property, all right, Sheriff. Bonner's track stops right there at the south side of the West Trail. That was determined as his boundary when he bought the tract. Folks that's having to ride the West Trail from now on are going to have to swing aside and cross the river just below the dam, looks like. You built that dam right smack in the middle of the trail, where the old fort used to be. Yes, that's right. Well, let's ride upstream a bit further. There won't be any trouble for a while yet, if there's going to be any at all. Uh, all right. Get up. Get, get up. up. Get up. Get up. Mm-hmm. Even Sheriff not like what Monroe do. What him have to do. Wait a minute, Toto. Wait a minute. What the Sheriff just said brings something to mind. If what I think proves to be right, then... Come on, you and I are riding to Pipe City right now. Easy, big fella. Easy, Scott. Easy, fella. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scott. A short time later, Jack Bonner and his son arrived at the timber track. Jack called all the men together. Then, getting to a stump, he spoke to them. Men... 
By now, all of you know about that dam that Monroe has put up so as we can't float our logs to the mill. I, I can't thank all of you enough for coming here to help me out like you did. I'm not one to give up easily. But right now, I don't know how I can buck Monroe. I couldn't ask you men under the circumstances to back me up in a showdown with him and his men. So I guess... Why we'll... can't you ask us, Jack? Me and my men from the cafe come out here to help you see this through. And if it means a fight with Monroe, we're still with you. You're we're all with you, Jack. Let's go up there and do something about that dam. Let's take dynamite along to blow it up. Sure. Right. Come on. Uh, we can't give up now, Dad, with all those logs ready to float. That's right, Jack. By thunder, I won't give up. Since you men are with me on this, we'll ride up there right now and have a showdown once and for all. Let's get going. <laughs> The sheriff and Monroe had just returned to the site of the dam when one of the men called out. Hey, boss, there's a lot of riders coming up the trail. Must be Bonner and his men. Get your guns handy, all of you. Now see here, Monroe. Me and my deputy are here. There's no need for you to... I have a right to protect company property, Sheriff. You and one deputy can't control that mob. Here they come. Monroe, me and these men have come here about that dam. I had that dam built so that we could store up and season our logs, Bonner. That's a lie. You built it to keep me from floating my logs to the mill. You're trying to keep me from meeting that note, and you know it. The boundary between our timber tracks is the south edge of the West Trail there. This dam is on our property, and it stays. Sheriff, are you going to stay by and watch Monroe pull a deal like this on Jack Bonner? Listen, all of you. I like Jack Bonner just as much as the rest of you. But when a man's within the law, it's my duty to see he's backed up. Now, Monroe's out to ruin Dad, Sheriff, and I... Wait, wait, wait now. Take it easy, son. Monroe, these men are my friends and neighbors. We come here to blow up that dam. But I know that'll mean gunplay. And I won't risk their lives. Don't just you to... worry about us, Jack. We can take care of ourselves. Let's do what we come to hey, do. Right, come on. My men have you all covered right now. If you want gunplay, you'll get plenty of it. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm telling you all that you. Who's this coming? It's that stranger, Jack. And the Indian. Hold on, hold on. We wondered where you were, mister. We went to the land office in Five City. What good did that do? I say... Be quiet, Monroe. I have something to say. Sheriff, you came here because you felt Monroe had a right to build that dam. Isn't that so? Yeah. I did have the right. It's on company property. Now, wait a minute. Bonner's deed to that timberland says his boundary is the south side of the west trail there. Monroe, your deed says your boundary is 12 feet upstream and north of Bonner's. What are you driving at? Just this, Sheriff. The West Trail was designated by the government as a public road. An allowance of 12 feet between Bonner's Tract and Monroe's has been kept as government property to be used as a trail by the public. Now, see here. Shut up! In other words, Monroe should have built that dam upstream on his own land. Right now, it's on public property. Why, Gadfrey, in that case, it's my duty to see that Monroe gets rid of that dam right away. That's right. I say the thing to do right now is to blow up that dam. Well, since it's been put up illegal, there's nothing I can do to stop you doing it. Now, wait a minute, all of you. I'm telling you this much. The first hombre who goes out there to plant dynamite to blow up that dam will feel lead. Monroe, uh, I have a paper here with notations I took at the land office. I think it will interest you. Come on, Silver, over. Holding a paper in his hand, the Lone Ranger moved in such a way that Silver swung around beside Monroe on the side away from Monroe's men. As Monroe half-heartedly reached for the paper, the Lone Ranger suddenly drew one of his guns and placed it at Monroe's back. This gun at your back 
As you'll tell your men not to interfere, Monroe. Me want sheriff and deputy. Now, look here. I... Sheriff, you going to let this stranger do this to me? That's <laughs> funny. But sometimes the law just ain't strong enough to speak up against drawed guns. Tell your men to put up their guns, Monroe. Tell them. All right, men. Put up your guns. Bonnie, get your men busy with the dynamite. Have them run a long fuse to this side of the dam. You heard what he said, men. Let's get busy. Jack Warner and his men worked fast, placing a big charge of dynamite just below the center of the dam. Then a long fuse was run to the side, near to the place where the Lone Ranger waited with his gun at Monroe's back. Finally, everything was ready, and Jack came to tell the Lone Ranger. Oh, oh, steady. It's all set, mister, and the fuse is strung over this way like you wanted. Good. Warn the men that you're lighting the fuse, and go ahead and light it. All right. Now watch it, men. Now here she goes. I'm lighting the fuse right now. You, you'll pay for this, mister. Shut up. We're far enough back. Take it down to hold your horse. And don't forget this gun. Get down. All right. Better all this mount. Easy, big fellow. Come on, Joe. Me right behind you, Sheriff. Go any second now. As the fuse glowed and sputtered toward the dynamite at the dam, many of the men took cover or sprawled to the ground. The few who remained standing watched in fascination. It seemed an eternity to all of them as they watched and waited. Then it happened. Now we can float our logs in time. Sheriff, I demand you get a warrant for this man's arrest and for Bonner's. They had no right to blow up that dam before I could investigate the fact this stranger was... You built that dam on government property, Monroe, and I'm convinced that you knew it, too. I'm sure he was smart enough to know his men had made a mistake. He tried to bluff it through. Sure. And if it hadn't been for you, he'd have got away with it long enough for his purpose. He would have gotten away now. But that Indian held guns on the law. (laughs) I recollect he said he'd watch me and my deputy... He didn't say nothing about shooting us, though. <laughs> and I guess you can't make a case out of that. You can join your men now, Monroe. Sure. The first one that starts trouble will go to jail, pronto. Mean by a deputy are drawing our guns now. Well, I guess Bonner will be all set now. Yeah. Bonner can float those logs before Monroe has a chance to build a new dam upstream on his own land. Well, that's right. Them have plenty log cut now. Might as well clear out now, Monroe. And next time... Be sure you don't make a mistake when you build a dam. All right, Bonner. There's work to be done. I got your men and let's go. Right away. Come on, Warner. Two weeks later, Jack Bonner entered the ranch house at the log ranch. Bob was with him. Jack, did you pay the note? Oh, he sure did, Ma. Monroe sure was disappointed. Ed, the owner of the log cabin cafe in Five City, he's putting on a big party that night to celebrate. Oh, golly, Dad sure is lucky to have such friends. Yeah, I really am, Bob. Especially a friend like that stranger who just rode over here with us. He didn't want to come in. He sure figured things out. I'll never forget what he did. Do you know who he is so we can pay him for what he did, he and the Indian? Oh, he wouldn't take any pay, Rosalie, honey. Neither would his Indian friend. Well, just now when he rode back with us, he was wearing a black mask. A black mask? Well, then he's the man we met on the trail. (laughs) But... I don't understand. I guess you'll understand when I tell you who he is, Rosalie. You've heard about him before, so have I. You see, he was disguised as a rancher. But all that time, we were being helped by the Lone Ranger.
This is a product of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. A part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. <laughs>